Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast, a show focused on inspiring and empowering you to become a better writer. Come along as we deconstruct the tips, routines, and motivations of your favorite authors. In the end, it's all about getting your story onto the page. Hello and welcome to episode 114, How Jennifer Probst Writes. Well, my friends, this is a new kind of podcast episode. I had been messaging with Jen about just catching up and just kind of talking about life and seeing what's going on. And we both kind of had trouble getting in touch with each other. And eventually I was like, hey, life's been really crazy. I know it's been crazy. Let's just get on the line and just talk. Let's just catch up. And the recording of the podcast is is essentially what you're going to hear is that catch up call. This this is a very special interview for me. Um, yeah, I think I've shared, if you're in Happy Writer, I'm sure you've heard. I've had a season, and, and more, more so than even maybe what I've kind of publicly shared. And so this episode, I kind of dive into it. I dive into the underbelly of my life and Jen's life. We talk about what it means to be human, what it means to create through hard times, through chaos, when life sometimes throws you curveballs and when sometimes life is hard. And so, um, you know, it's not often, I, I don't really open up a lot on the podcast. I, I try and keep the, spo- the spotlight on the guest because I just feel like they have so much to share. And this one, uh, it's a lot about Brian and it's a lot about Jen and we share some very deep, um, special parts of our life. So I can't say thank you to Jen enough. I think for coming on, having the bravery to share her story, to share her inner life, the things that are messy and sometimes embarrassing that I got to spend this hour with her talking is a gift. And I'm grateful for that hour with her. I've been thinking about this talk almost nonstop since we connected on the phone. And I hope it serves you out there, the listener. If some of you are going through chaos and you're going through hard times, you're not alone. You're not alone, and I hope this podcast reinforces that. So with that said, here we are, episode 114, How Jennifer Probst Writes. Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast. I am your host, Brian, and today's very, very, double very special guest is Jennifer Probst. Jen is the New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of sexy and erotic contemporary romance novels. Her book, The Marriage Bargain, spent 26 weeks, half a year, on the New York Times bestsellers list. Her work has been translated uh, into over a dozen countries, sold millions of copies, and she was dubbed a romance phenom by Kirkus Reviews. Jen's newest novel, Meant to Be, which is the first novel in the Twist of Fate series, is out now. And her second novel in the series is coming out later in this year. So make sure if you're looking for a new romance series, you check that one out right away. On top of that, I'll add a little bit extra special sauce. Jen is someone I look up to. Um, she's someone who she's taught classes in Happy Writer. Uh, she's someone I always love chatting with and I love learning from. 
She has this contagiously joyful spirit and like, I am happy. I'm proud to say Jen is a friend. And so with that said, Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. That's like the best intro ever. It doesn't get any better than that. I'm just going to record it. And every time I need to be introduced, I'm going to be like, and here's my friend, Brian. You can just play that. You can just play this one. Uh, it really is so good to talk to you. It's been um, outside of the podcast and some of like kind of the more um, formal events we've done. Every, every so often we just catch up, just jump on the phone and just talk and just see how we're doing. And I always have looked forward to it and it's been a while. And so we've been trying to coordinate just a phone call. Yeah. Um, and I was like, why don't we just catch up on a podcast and just hear how, how we're doing? Because I've had a lot in my life. sounds like you've yeah. had a lot in your life and it sounded like it would be just a fun setup. And so I'd love to just start out like, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's such a good question. Um, <laughs> I think, um, I just saw, uh, there was a new book by Jenna Kutcher and, and it's, how are you really? And I feel <laughs> like nowadays, right? Like it's kind yeah. of like, there's so much more. You can't pass somebody in the grocery yeah. store and be like, how are you? Okay, good. Everybody just has, I feel the world has gotten very serious. Mm. With, I'm not even talking about political. I'm just talking about like just hot issues. And then after the pandemic, you know, we're going through, I just feel the world is going through recovery mm. um, after so much has happened, you know, and businesses are opening up, but then, you know, you go to the grocery store and it's like 75% higher and you mm -hmm. can't put gas in your car, but you're also like dying to, to get out there because you've been locked down for so long. And those are just like the worldly issues. I feel like there's been like a lot of spiritual issues. I know that during the pandemic, I found, um, I did really well, Brian. I mm. thrived at the pandemic, my creativity mm. fought. And I think that's because I'm at heart a hermit. Mm -hmm. And when I have my entire family home and there's nowhere to go and there's no social, I was just like, I'm going to fly. And it was like meditation and spirituality classes and writing and working out. And it was just amazing. And then the world opened up for me and I kind of started to fall apart, which is so, it's so silly, but this, that's what happened. And then I kind of lost myself again, re-entering the world. All of a sudden I was back to being, um, you know, driver and cook and chef and cleaner and, and, um, you know, the career was pulling at me because I still needed all this creative stuff. And I'm pumping out these books. And I had said, I think when we were talking like two years ago or a year ago, maybe like a year ago, I had taken some time in between books, mm -hmm. really feeling like mm -hmm, I wanted mm -hmm. to connect with my creativity and not churn things out. But what had happened is I looked at the contracts that I had signed and, you know, I signed contracts like two years behind, like, and they stagger things. Um, I, I just got completely emotionally burnt out and creatively burnt out. And I found this past winter, I couldn't write a word mm -hmm. and that had never happened to me. I write, I write chapters on books on writer's burnout. Like people come to me, Oh, dude, this <laughs> and then right guys, like you give advice. Yeah. You're so good for yourself, right? You're everybody else's yeah. love life, like line up. And <laughs> like, I'm the one. And then they go, but how come your love life sucks? And you're like, never yeah. mind. You Don't know, worry about that part. <laughs> Don't worry about that part. So I found myself in a really bad position um, and I really didn't have any excuse. It, it was just happening. And I had to really be brutal with myself. And I looked and I said, there's, there's the well is dry. I don't know how it happened. I thought I had it going on. I thought I was like, like we all do. Yeah. And I had to 
some hard decisions. I had to call my agent and publisher and I had to say, this book isn't coming. And then they had to scurry around. And then it's a domino effect because then I had another big Italy book going and I had to call that publisher and I had to push that out for several months. And then it topples, you know, mm -hmm. your series like starts to stagger. You're worried people are going to wait too long. You're worried about this. Um, and then I ended up, I think it was in March. This is like five months of severe burnout, not writing anything, just healing myself. And I came back out. It was spring again. And I ended up, I ended up taking a very intense weekend workshop with Tony Robbins. Oh, wow. Is this yeah, I'm a huge fan. motivator and yeah. about him my whole life. Um, friends said, I think you need this. I think you need a restart. There's something that you lost along the way. And sometimes you don't know what it is. Hmm. So I ended up taking a four day, 12 hour workshop with him live. I mean, there's about an hour break in between. And we went very, very deep. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of self-healing. There's a lot of truth. Like you, you really look at yourself and where you are. And I came out of those four days and the next day I started writing and I wrote oh. my book like in six weeks. Wow. And then I'm into the next book, but I think not that I want to be chattering on, but I think we just, if this is reminder that like I got on with you, right. And it was like, yes, like mm -hmm. all the words and all the thing and I'm thriving. And then you fast forward a year later and you could be in a completely different spot with your work, with your personal, with your spiritual, with your family. Mm -hmm. I got a very bad diagnosis for my son that spun me out. Yeah, um, yeah. You never know what cards you're going to get dealt. And this one I didn't see coming and it really bopped me over the head. I had to change a lot of things. And so I guess like we kind of were talking, Brian, about like writing through insanity, writing through mm -hmm. life, writing through the ups and downs. And I think sometimes we need to be okay with where we are. If it's not working, mm -hmm. um, to pivot, to find something that inspires you again to, and also to trust that it's coming back. I've been doing this since I was 12 years old. <laughs> and if there is one thing I have learned, it is I hang on by my fingernails. I don't care how long it takes. I know it's coming around again. Like <laughs> it always does. But sometimes when you're in the heart of it, that deep, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're going to get out, but you always get out. Yeah. Always get there. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, I'm dying to know about that's kind of like the, the yeah. brush folks of me. Tell me where you've been. Um, well, so first it was, it unleashed the power within, was that what you did with yes. that so was I, kickoff? Yes. Yeah. So I had, uh, I booked my wife and I to go to Miami and I think it was, I mean, I think spring of 2020, it was like a March, 2020 event, yeah. which obviously didn't happen. So I'm yeah. sitting on like two credits to do this. I was super jazzed. I, I've been a huge, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes Tony Robbins gets a bad reputation because of his early infomercial yeah. stuff, Yeah. but his actual, his actual like, um, material has been profoundly effective in my life as well. A lot of, a lot of, I think the growth I've had has come from people like Tony or, you know, some of the other folks who, who share really powerful they're not tricks, but they're certainly strategies right, to like yeah. do life, you know? Yes. Um, so it's, it's interesting you brought that up. Cause it's been, it's been something that's, that, uh, I really wanted to do. Um, but also, um, really powerful, even not even going to an event yet. Um, but it's on the things to do list. I can't wait until you do it because you were wait. so 
calling me and it's, yeah. it's just very, and it's, it's going now the live on zoom and he's okay. loved. So it's, it's a nice way that you travel or book it. And he's right like there, like oh, cool. right so, there on so the it's stage. Live. Like, it's not live, take, but not in person in time. Yes. And if you miss an hour, that hour is gone. You can't get it back. Oh, so it is live. It's just like you're there. That's cool. That they did a really good job. Yeah. 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 Um, anyways, I, I've had an interesting season too. So, um, and I was saying right before we started recording, like, I don't really share much about me, like so much when I come onto the show, so much of what I try and do with a guest is, um, be fully present and ask really good questions and be as interested in anything we're talking about, but not to center it on me. Like I don't have that much to talk about, which is why I bring people on who are phenomenal because they have a lot better things to share. Um, so, I disagree, Brian. I so, think you've got a lot there. <laughs> so, so in my, my life, so same thing somewhere around, um, it's so funny. Our stories have, have such a parallel to them. So somewhere around late last year of 2021, let's just say, um, yeah. I was trying to, you know, kind of get happy writer off the ground, which, you know, it's doing great. Um, but I was, I was trying to make a living from it. You know, I was trying to like actually have it be a profitable enough business that I didn't need to do anything other than happy writer. Yeah. Um, I was trying to write, uh, we actually traveled a lot last year. So we actually lived in an RV and traveled the country for about 10 months, almost a year, um, which was awesome. It was amazing. Um, but I hit the same thing. I kind of hit this burnout at a certain point where um, there's only so much creativity, so much output that I could muster. And I had never reached up and hit a um, like a limit to my creativity or, or to my output. I, I'm like, I'm uh, diagnosed, like I got, I think almost a perfect score on the ADHD test. Yeah. And so one of the problems with that is it can be really hard to navigate life. One of the good things about it is if, you know, if you have really good strategies, you have like boundless energy. Like I can do stuff forever. Like I never run out of, you know, <laughs> uh, like craziness. And so um, I hit up against this thing where I, I had like nothing left in the tank as well. Um, on top of that, we were trying to settle somewhere. So we actually wound up moving to Charleston, South Carolina. I don't even know if I've told you this. So we live in Charleston yes. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charleston. Yeah. It's, love it. I was just there last year. I love it. Okay. Next time we come back, we're getting coffee. Yes. Um, but, you know, had a, my mother-in-law got very sick with COVID. Father-in-law got very sick with COVID. She wound up um, passing away from COVID, which was really tough uh, last January, um, which was re really, really challenging moving all these things. I actually wound up having to start a job job um, yeah. because happy writer, we just couldn't quite get it to the spot where it was like sustaining. Yeah. And so all these things combined and, and um, I completely lost the spark and I felt the same way. I was like, here I am interviewing people on a podcast, teaching classes in happy writer, you know, all these things. And like, I sit down to write and it's just like empty. Like there's no emotion left yes. there. And, um, I could write maybe intellectually, I could just write words, yes. but they would just be absolute dog shit. <laughs> you know, they would just be horrible. Um, and so, yeah, it's been the same thing. It's this process of rebuilding, but instead of going to Tony Robbins, the biggest change I made in my life in the past six months, there's nothing I never talked publicly about. Cause it's fairly embarrassing to be honest with you is I wound up, um, going sober. Um, so, so I've, I've been somebody who, for as all the great things I love to do with the world and all the energy I have. Um, I, I also have really struggled with like 
responsibly having any level of alcohol that doesn't turn into me having endless amounts. Like I, like there, there's no middle ground. Like some people, like my wife can have like a glass of wine and then just be like, Oh, this was great. And then go to bed. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'll see you in, you know, a day and, yes. and just go crazy. And so I've actually spent about five months now, um, being sober and, and that, like, that was my Tony Robbins event. Yes. All of a sudden I started writing, having access to my emotions, feeling so much more. Like one of the things I realized about alcohol for me, at least is I drank really hard for a long time. Cause I didn't want to feel some things that had just been sitting there for a long time. And alcohol is great for that. Like, it's an amazing way to just be like, I'm feeling a little anxious. I'm going to hit the, the, you know, whiskey button and yes. that, that feeling is going to go away. And, um, and so since then, um, in the past, like three or four months or so, it's like, it's like a brand new experience of creativity for me, a brand new access to creative energy. Um, the story I was working on completely changed, um, as a result, it's, it's kind of bizarre. The things I care about after, you know, even five months later. Um, which, which, you know, if you talk to somebody who, who kind of goes through this five months feels like a really long time, um, long. like it feels like a long time, It is. uh, really, truly it, it was life-changing. It was, was actually life-changing. Um, I can't express how full <laughs> I am that you, that you share that because I also think that there's so many things that are not talked about. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you that I know exactly what you're saying about the wine glass of wine. My mm -hmm. one glass of wine will always end up being more because mm -hmm. the happier I get, it's this feeling of release sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, the world is also, and I love wine and I, I, I love having a cocktail socially, but I will say that what was happening to me, um, I needed to start limiting it too, because mm -hmm then you kind of, it just, it goes off on, I don't know where it stops for me. It, it's like two to three. It's like the two, the two is okay. And then I'm there. And then all of a sudden I'm on three and four and it's, and it's gone. And then right. it's like hangover in the morning and it's, but you feel it's this way. And I think a lot of creative people, um, have this, um, people who live in their minds a lot, people mm -hmm. who, there's a lot of emotion when you're creative mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. a lot of hurt. And sometimes you take some things and it's a lovely way to turn it off and just, and just kind of be. Um, and I did, I started going to just Saturday night. I would allow myself to have cocktails on Saturday night. And I found that not having wine during, you know, a, a podcast on a Wednesday night or that helped me um, kind of, kind of control a little bit of it. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's an important thing to share because everybody has something, whether it's food, whether it's alcohol, whether Absolutely. it's weed, whether it's, um, it could be anything. And I, and I think the most important thing about this conversation we're having is to just tell the truth that it's, yeah. that these are struggles that we're all going through and everybody's got a different one. I love what you said. I remember reading Stephen King's on writing yeah. and that he, he didn't remember. I think it was Cujo. He says he, he uh, did it during Cujo. And I always, my joke with my husband was 
oh my God, if I ever started writing really drunk, it would probably be so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> that scared the hell out of me. Yeah. It scared me so bad because Stephen King can write Cujo and not remember it. I'm like, oh right. my God. How good. So I always, I was yeah. like, so I, I never try to do that because it's like opening this yeah. portal, but remember what he said in the book, like once he got there and once he got sober, his work changed and like, look at the last 10 decade of his life. He has been like on top of the world and, and creating different things. And so what you were saying, like the story changed because mm-hmm. you changed and you probably looked at life different and just. I, I just love it. It can always change. You can always make different decisions yeah. like to pivot, to like yeah. do something different. And I, yeah. I'm just, thank you for sharing that. That means yeah. a lot. To me. And I think yeah. it's going to mean a lot to the listeners because there's a lot of people out there like that. Yeah. I, I hope, I, I hope for both of us, right. I, I think the story is that like, you know, we put so much into learning the craft of writing. We put so much into knowing a good lead character and right tension and plot and all those things. They're they're super critical. They're super critical, but like as creative people, um, I firmly believe we can only create as far as we can be like alive. Yeah. You know, and life, I don't, I don't think we're made to take the exposure that we take. Right. Like, 150 years ago, the news you would have gotten would have been the news of maybe hundreds, thousands potentially, but not the whole world, right? Yeah. Like, like you wouldn't be seeing images of a mass shooting in Texas while you're seeing images of the Ukraine war and, you know, mothers losing their children. Um, and I don't know if we're psychically designed to handle that amount of constant trauma and not be crushed emotionally. Yes. Like those images become real to us. And so, and so one of the things, one of the things is you talk about burnout, you talk about using any substance or, or losing touch so much of that, um, I, I think burnout, I, I, I ever going through burnout, I actually, I think it's, you feel so deeply and so intensely that it actually blots out everything else. Yeah. I used to think it was the lack of feeling, but I actually think it's overfeeling. It, it, it's such an abundance of one specific feeling, maybe yes. dread or anxiety or worry or shame. Like I felt so much shame that I couldn't, I spent all this money getting happy right or going. And I felt so much shame that I, I couldn't, you know, make it sustaining for myself yeah. that yeah. it literally blotted out every other emotion I felt. Yeah. So I think this is interesting too. And I, I need to share this mm-hmm. as, as we're doing truth here, because yeah, it's just like truth uh, hour. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going in, I'm yeah. going in because I know that shame feeling. Yeah. And, um, what happened to me was I was cranking out this, these books and my career was, you know, building. And mm-hmm. when you're, it's not on top because there's, like I said, there's always people under you. There's always people over you. It's just like your mm-hmm. level of where you feel. I was feeling really good. And I was feel like I'm, I'm, I'm growing into that next level that I tried so hard for the last you know, years, just putting in so much time into the books and time into PR and time into branding who I authentically am and, yeah. and 
you know, building my business and stuff. And then this, this burnout came out. And the other thing I want to say is I think that I feel like they say what, like the, the word of love, like Eskimos, they have like 70 different types of words for love. I feel like we need more, more types for burnout because (laughs) I've gotten burnt. I've gotten burnout from the story isn't working and I've gotten burnout from I'm tapped out here, but the burnout that I'm talking about is in the heart sick is Mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying. And when I look at the serious burnouts I've had, I had the grief after my dad died, where I kind of like got up and I was like, okay, back to work. And then it wasn't working. And I felt shame that I had to go to my agent and say, I have failed. I have done this, this, and this, and I have failed. I thought I was Mm -hmm. better than that, which is ridiculous, right? Because as humans, we would never say that to a friend. If my friend came and said, I failed, I haven't, I would hug her and be kind to her and love her. But yet I am sitting here myself, my Mm -hmm. soul and being cruel. I don't, I try not to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I try not to shame myself. I am so important. Like I try to, even though it feels so stupid, I'm like, Jen, you're good. I love you. You know, like, (laughs) so stupid, but like, you got to do it. So so this burnout that I reached this winter, there was a combination of things. Um, I will say that um, I have a 16-year-old who is now 17-year-old and um, going along in life and we take him to the eye doctor and all of a sudden for, for his regular six-month thing, he wanted to get contacts. And all of a sudden he's saying he can't see the top letter, the E. And I'm getting angry at him. And I was like, you're not focusing, dude. Like it's the, E, you know, it's the, what are you talking about? My doctor is like, we don't know what's going on here. So they dilate his eyes and they can't find it. And they go, you got to go to this other doctor, go to this other doctor. And I'm like, tell my husband, I, I know it's weird, you know, but he was sleeping a lot and he's a teenager and he's active and he's in college classes. So it's like, he's probably tired. His eyes mm-hmm. are tired. And then they go deeper and they're like, yeah, there's something there, but we don't know what it is. There's something wrong with the retina. So then they take us to another specialist. And in the mass of six months, we see like five different eye doctors and we find out that it's a genetic retinal uh, deterioration disease. So he's losing, he's losing his sight. Oh my. So we, we do these gene tests and they go, it could be 300 different things. And we're like, we, there's one thing that we don't want. And it's a childhood disease. It usually hits in the twenties or whatever, but again, he's only 16 and um, there's no cure. And so we're like, as long as it's not this, we can, you know, we're like, we got this, we're going to whatever. And they diagnose him. It's called Stargard disease. And it's mm-hmm. um, starts young and you lose your center vision. And he's this top track. And he's, I, I watched the kid over the year disintegrate. Like he, mm read font anymore. Now this kid is a writer. He reads like, I've never seen anybody read. He reads the great Gatsby for breakfast. I mean, (laughs) a plus in English, he's a creative genius. You know, he's also a very positive soul, but as a mom going over that year, watching people get their permits, watching him, Mm. his vision deteriorate. Um, I went into fix mode, but I think, um, and this is not about my son. This is about things that happen to you in life. Um, I went into that winter, like, okay, I just put a book out and I had to do the third one in my series. And then I had to go to this Italy book. And I was like, I got this. And, you know, I feel like my son is so positive with this heart. And I do understand that this is his journey. And I think that, um, he was tested with this, like we're all tested with something. I know in my heart, it's going to be okay. But I think what happened is 
everything came at once. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about the emotion, the feeling like after the grief of my dad, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. And I didn't allow myself to go into the really dark recesses of grief over my son is not going to have a normal life. Um, the, the end of the pandemic and the real truth is what happened is I pushed out all my deadlines and then my new book came out in April and I've got this career thing going and everything. And the book tanked, Mm. tanked. Okay. Tanked. (laughs) Uh, Being dead honest. And and authors don't talk about this because it's, it's like shameful. It's like, okay, whatever. So I always hit um, the top 50 easily of I've been doing this. I've got six books in the hopper and this is number seven. First one in a series. That's something that I don't even think of. So I budget on certain things, you know, Mm -hmm. and things. And so now I've got delays in contracts and, you know, money not coming in. And then the book comes and I'm like, like no sales guys. I've got 1500 or something, 4.8 reviews out there. So I know there's people buying it and say, but nothing, nothing close to what it was. Right. So now I'm like questioning, how's the second book going to do? Uh, what's going to happen? And now I'm at a point where things are topsy turvy because you've got things going on with finances and stuff. So that circles back to what you were saying about happy writers, where it's like, yeah, you think you're on this plane and, and you work so hard and it's supposed to get there. And I think it does get there, but there's these, these curves in the road where, you know, you can just kind of like feel shame or give up or like, but I think it, I think it's part of like digging deep and saying, all right, what else do I have to do without panicking? Where else can I use my creativity? What else do I need to do? And, and not take it from, because then you sit down with the second book, right. And you're like, oh my God, it's my, my book out there tank that I wrote, that I wrote eight months ago and I thought it was good. And, and you get, you get into your head, but I think it could also be an opportunity to learn the lesson of grace. Like one book does not tank a career. Hmm doing a new venture does not mean that it's going to be perfect the first time. Right. Right. Um, You're just in it. Like I'm in it for the long term. I have hope for the second book. I'm putting my heart into this other book. It's a long time. And I I think it's like, don't let one venture or one, this or one book, like, like say all of a sudden you're not worth anything. Yeah. And it's so easy to do. It's so easy. Grace. It is. It is. That word grace is like, I'm not, I'm not, um, I was, you know, raised very religiously. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not religious now. And yet that word grace, like, I think regardless if you <laughs> go to church on Sunday or not, yeah. that word grace has such power in it, you know, because yeah. I think you're right. I think, I think it's so easy to see the bad and to see what you do wrong And it's easy to have expectations. And when those expectations aren't hit, it's then easy to punish yourself. And I don't know why we do this. Like, I I don't know what we benefit from in doing that. Um, and yet it happens, right? Like it, it, it happens. And that idea of grace with yourself, with those around you, you know, like you and I, I mean, like on the surface, you and I, nobody would ever know, like, you know, we're having a tough season in life and yet everyone we, we come in contact, like how many, how many people who, you know, filling up their gas tank next to you just lost their parent, you yeah. know, experiencing burnout of some kind. 
Yeah. And that idea of grace is just like one of those thoughts that thematically in life and probably in writing is just so, I come back to it a lot. I think it's really important. At least it is for me. I do too. And yeah. the, more, the longer I feel like we're in these careers, the more important grace becomes because mm. that will get you to the next place, whether it's, I don't know why I suddenly can't write for three months, but I need to figure it out. Yeah. And for me, I keep learning things about myself and in a way, and again, I, I don't mean to do it, but like the Tony Robbins thing that really, there was two things that was a game changer for me. Life happens for us, not to us. That has helped me tremendously, whether, mm-hmm. whatever that is and trade your expectations for appreciation mm-hmm. and your whole life will change. And so these expectations and I go, okay, one. it wasn't Jeez. there, but I appreciating even failures or even, you know, we term them failures, but I say it's staying in the game and I'm saying, and it's, and it's being brave and like, it's being brave coming on this podcast and just like saying, Hey, this is what's behind the curtain (laughs) and being vulnerable because there's going to be people out there who really, who really need to hear that. You know what I mean? And there's going to be people who are like, Oh, she thought she was so good. And, and that's okay too. You know, like people look on the surface and they think, wow, she's doing so good. Or she's a superstar. She's this, but it's just not about that. We're all have our own challenges. And I think we're just all trying Mm. to do the best that we can. Yeah. I, you know, I almost always ask the final questions at the end of each interview and, and it just doesn't quite seem right. I don't know why it's just, I, I think, um, I I think I'm going to riff on it for the first time in 115 (laughs) episodes or something. Yeah. We are, we are just, we are just living on the wild side of the podcast world. I love it. And, um, I think to, to, to close, I want to ask you, and then I'll I'll answer the same question, kind of in the spirit of openness and like, you know, I want to ask you if you could go back to a a year ago, yeah, knowing what you know now and knowing what's coming for you, that like your son's still going to get diagnosed with a hard diagnosis, right? Yeah, Like life is still going to be tough. There's still going to be a world that increasingly feels like it's spinning out of control. These things are still going to happen. What would you tell yourself? Yeah. I would, I would tell myself that things are going to get hard, but through those hard times, I'm going to build character. I'm going to learn more about myself and I am going to be able to bring more. I could get very emotional on this truth Mm -hmm. to the world, truth to myself. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to take up space. I'm not Mm -hmm. here to be like, oh, there's a New York times bestselling author. I'm here to, to really dig into this world and do what I can to change it through my stories, through the love I have for people through showing up. And I would tell myself, hang on, show yourself grace, meditate, pray, be there for yourself, whatever it is, it is, and you will weather this and it will all be okay. And I think knowing that reassurance and not lying to myself and taking those, those hard times and looking at it as it's happening for you because you need to change. And if things were always easy, oh my gosh, I'd probably be so bored. 
oh my God, I'd probably be like so freaking bored. So that, that in a nutshell, and that just comes from the heart. That's not just a mess that I'm throwing out there. Yeah. No, I, it's beautiful. (laughs) I know. I wish I wouldn't have like set this up because now I'm like, shit, I can't answer this question. Um, It's not, it's just, uh, it's just truth. And it's, it's funny too, because I always ask the questions, but then I never have to answer any of them. (laughs) No, that's why I love this. Your story is so important. See, it's gut sense. I said to you in the beginning of this, I want to talk to you. This is not the same. Yeah. Same, same. It's weird. The timing of this is just so strange. Um, I, I would say very practically, um, this is coming from the heart too. It's gonna be hard for you yeah. to even say, but coming very practically, I would say the greatest gift, I'd say Brian, <laughs> I'd sit myself down, Brian, the greatest gift you could give yourself is sobriety. Like that's the greatest thing you can do for yourself. It's the nicest thing you could do for yourself um, is to, you know, after 20 years of beating yourself up, and being afraid of what's down there, like this is the nicest thing you can do. And it's going to not be fun. <laughs> and it was not super fun. And yeah. you're going to have to kind of be, um, you know, you said be brave. Like that's that's yeah. a term that's really important to me. Like that exact phrase, be brave. You're going to have to be brave. Um, but it's the, it's the kindest thing you can do to yourself. That That would be the first thing I would say. Um, damn it. It gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Goosebumps. I mean, you talk about going coming from the heart. Yeah. Going through it is so, is so freaking hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to do the hard before you can get to the, to the other side where you can kind of see that it was worth it, but going yeah. through it, damn, you got to just take everything you got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only way out is through. Yes. And that my love, is a perfect ending because that is a book. The only way out is through to the end. That is yeah. light. That is challenges. Yeah. That is, it is, it's, it's showing up. Yeah. It's yeah. showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I did. Then. The only way out is through same as writing, same as getting books done, same as going sober, same as dealing with burnout. The only yeah. way out is through like there, there's not a shortcut. I, I wish there was, but I wish life, there was. yeah, life, life will, um, it, it will challenge it and, and challenge is not the right word. I feel like that's a really shallow word. I do too. Um, it's not big enough. Mm-hmm. It's not big enough to encompass. It's funny because we're wordsmiths, but there, <laughs> there's certain words that have limitations that we, that we use. Yeah. I think burnout is one. I think love is one. And I think chat it's, it's, it's like, uh, we're going to have to think about that. Make I'll up a new word. <laughs> um, Jen, I, I, I did not say this when we started recording, but I, um, we are squeezing this podcast before beach day for you. So before we send you into existential, uh, spiral here, um, let me just kind of pull up your air for a second and just acknowledge, um, your courage and you're right. Authors are not supposed to just go on and be honest and brutally honest. Uh, Part of the goal of the podcast was to bring that out, but like, this is by far the most honest podcast, which is like, we're humans on this planet. And sometimes life gives us a two by four to the face. You know, it just does. It hurts. And so I appreciate so deeply your honesty. I appreciate your, um, your spirit. It just, you're imminently the most talkable person, talkable to person in the world. Like, I just feel like I could just keep talking to you endlessly. Um, and, and just your contribution to 
the people who listen to the show, people in Happy Writer, it just, it, I, I'll forever be grateful. So thank you so much, Jen. Uh, the perfect intro and the perfect <laughs> goodbye. I just, I really do. I, I, I feel like we were meant to talk today. Yeah. I feel the same way about you. I feel like what you shared was so beautiful. It has, I don't know, like telling your truth is, is just so important to me. And I was meant to come on this podcast today. Totally. 100%. I needed, I needed you to like, you just, you don't know why <laughs> I needed you to so we need each other yeah. and we're putting it out there and whoever needs us here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wherever each other, whether or not this should have been recorded. I do think it should be recorded. I actually think, I actually think it's going to be one of the more powerful episodes we do because it's just real. And I yeah. think in a world where we are so full of things that aren't real, the Instagrams yeah. and, and yeah. the TikToks and the presentations, yeah. everything's a presentation. Yeah. I think we just yeah. crave yeah. humanity and realness. Yeah. So. yeah. And also on that note, I did do a TikTok because I, I, followed <laughs> you on TikTok. I was like, okay, there's Abby. And I did a, that I think I need to be, things have been really serious lately with minutia and I need to be a little silly and impulsive. And I said, I'm going to be on the podcast with Brian for happy writers <laughs> last minute. And I don't know what's coming because there's nothing plans. And I said, so get it. So again, you can be on social media and be yourself and be right. there. But, but this, this is where the core comes from. Yeah. Like yeah. this is the stuff. And I just awesome. adore you, Brian. I really do. Same. Thank you for having me. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you again to Jen for her time. I told you that one was going to be a special, special episode. If you haven't yet, please check us out on Happy Writer, happywriter.co. We'd love to have you join our little community and be part of our growing writing world. Also, I'm on Twitter uh, at the underscore Murfinator, as well as Instagram, happywriter underscore co. Lastly, thank you so much for listening. Truly, thank you, thank you. Thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful week of writing.